Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Just a shooting at the airport in Kabul, but no, 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 everything's fine. Americans have got this under control. As a matter of fact, the Pentagon is so absolutely sure of itself that they've got everything is just fine that they've made this announcement about what's going on in Afghanistan. As you all aware, the FDA approved full licensure of the Pfizer vaccine this morning. And as also I'm sure you're aware, back in August on the 9th, uh, the secretary articulated that it was his intent uh, to mandate the COVID-19 vaccines upon FDA licensure or... I'm sorry, uh, uh, Afghanistan and, and thousands of Americans behind the Taliban line and thousands of, of visa uh, Af- Afghanis who, who have visas to get into America behind the Taliban line and they can't get through. Uh, can, can you please address uh, that and how, how these Americans are going to all uh, get out? Can you guarantee their safety? Can they get to the airport? Uh, by mid-September to seek a waiver from the president. So now that the Pfizer vaccine has been approved, the department is prepared to issue updated guidance requiring all service members to be vaccinated. A timeline. There you go. Perfect. No, no, no. We're doing that. We're doing this just great. We're doing this just fine. The Taliban controls all the streets outside of Kabul. Americans cannot get to the airport. There's gunfire taking place at the airport. But thank goodness we're going to make sure that all service members have a COVID shot. With all due respect, this isn't a conversation of, well, Tony, we can do two things at the same time. No, this is a conversation of we're doing absolutely nothing at the same time. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at Tony Katz, and everything at TonyKatz.com. I'm not anti-vax. It's an inoculation. It's not a vaccine. I'm not. I mean, it, it works. I never said that Pfizer was doing something just to do it. I think they put their whole heart and soul into it. There's no doubt that people live through COVID in the main while having this inoculation. It's true. It's factual. But my gosh, this is the Pentagon's announcement? You left Americans for dead, you losers. You failures. Don't tell me I'm supposed to sit here and have respect for you. I'll have respect for the men and women who do the job, not for the for the pseudo-intellectuals who are more interested in being woke than being rational, who can't figure out how to get people out of a country first before they leave. What kind of, of leadership closes Bagram Air Force Base? They shut down the whole base. You know, it's John Belushi. They took the bar, the whole freaking bar. That's right, I cleaned it up for radio. It's the kind of guy I am. You closed down an Air Force Base. You got asked... You got asked, Kirby, why can't you utilize a Bagram? Why can't you get back out there and and use Bagram to our advantage? Why can't we be using it? Well, look, we don't want to. We don't want to confuse the issue right now. Confuse the issue? What the hell are you talking crazy? What's wrong with you? You left Americans to die. Now, maybe I got to take a step back. 
Maybe I got to take a step back and just make sure that everybody knows the basics of what's going on. We failed in our task. And the basic task of the government is to protect the citizens. That is a basic, basic task. Now, the real purpose of a government of by and for the people is to take care of the basic stuff and stay the hell out of our lives. That's that's where it's at. That's what we expect. That's actually what we want. We want government to stay out of our lives. The people who want government to run their lives, well, those are really ignorant, terrible people, and we should say so. But when we are involved in something like this, we should note that when it's time to leave a war, you get the Americans out first. People are upset. I think I think it's Joe Scarborough who's upset that you're comparing what's going on in Afghanistan um, to uh, to to Saigon. That's that's too bad for you, Joe Scarborough of MSNBC. Too bad for you if you're upset by that. The comparison is there because it has to do with radical, unmitigated failure. Instead of listening to the cables and the communiques that showed that the Taliban was advancing, the Taliban was growing. They didn't listen. Two dozen people signing this memo, Afghanis and others who work in the embassy, this is going very, very badly. And the administration did not listen at all. So you had these these military maneuvers out, but without getting the people out. They didn't start two months ago with evacuations of Americans, of of those uh, Afghanis who work with the United States, who have something called an SIV. You often hear about hear referred to as SIVs, special immigrant visas. No, they start they start militarily pulling out. They start removing the people who can best help the Americans believe in peace. By doing so and pulling out where they did, they, uh, they, they did indeed allow the Taliban to grow and build. And you've got people like Lloyd Austin the Secretary of Defense saying, well, we, we knew it could be quick. We just didn't think it would be, you know, 11 days quick. Wait, you knew it could be quick? There were assessments that ranged initially from one to two years to, uh, to you know, several months. Uh, but it was a wide range of, uh, of assessments. And as, as uh, the Taliban uh, began to make gains, and then we saw uh, that uh, in a number of cases, there was less fighting and uh, and more uh, surrendering and more uh, uh, forces just kind of evaporating. It was very difficult to predict with accuracy. This all occurred in a, in a span of about 11 days. No- Let's be clear. You knew this could go faster than what you clearly told the president. And when the president told us that it's not going to, you know, dissipate in a few months, the, the government's not going to go away in a few months, they're well-trained, they're well-armed, and then came back the next day and said, they ran away like cowards. 
Now, at first blush, that seems to be the case. They got they got confronted with the Taliban and they they couldn't handle it. But then there's a part two. And it's a part two that we've been learning over time, or at least I have, and I want to make sure I share the story properly. Because it is wrong to say that these Afghanis just ran away. Like, it's wrong for me to say, as I was discussing it last week, if you're an American who doesn't want to leave, uh, all right, you're not an American anymore. Well, no. Some Americans are staying because these people are their friends and they made a commitment to them and they're not going to give up. That's a, that's an extremely uh, important thing to remember. And when I heard it, I said, that's a valuable point. My studying over the weekend shared something else that we were already kind of breaking into. If you train the military to work the way the United States does. That means you train the military to work with air support. The planes come over. Boop. That's my sound effect. It was pretty good. That's pretty, I'm the Mike Winslow of radio. And and so uh, the, 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 the air support's there. Then you deal with it on the grounds, and that's how you engage the enemy. By pulling out the military first, You prevented air support from happening from the U.S., and you took the facilities and the technology that allowed the Afghanis to be able to do it. You trained a military that wouldn't be able to fight in the way you trained them. That is an issue. So the idea that these people just turned tail and ran, I I would argue some of them did. I, I think that you'll be able to find those stories. I think that's real. Not all of them did. And it is, it is wrong for us to make that analysis. So I will no longer go down that road. I'm happy to share with you a better way to look at it. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin didn't look at it in any which direction. So now there's gunfire at the airport. Oh, by the way, ISIS is there too. I'm sorry, did Tony just say ISIS? No, 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 no. He said ISIS like, like water ice. He, he, he likes he likes ISIS right there. No, I'm pretty sure Kat said ISIS. No, no, I said ISIS. The threat is real. It is acute. It is persistent. And it is something that we are focused on with every tool in our arsenal. Our commanders on the ground uh, have a wide variety of capabilities that they are using to defend the airfield against a potential terrorist attack. We are working hard with our intelligence community to try to isolate and determine where an attack might come from. It is something that we are placing paramount priority on stopping or disrupting. And we will do everything that we can for as long as we are on the ground uh, to keep that from happening. But we are taking it absolutely deadly seriously. Every time the National Security Advisor right there, Jake Sullivan and others speak, for as long as we're on the ground, for as long as we're on the ground, well, how long are we going to be on the ground? Till we get every American out? Because right now it doesn't seem that way. The Taliban has decided they won't extend the deadline past August 31st. And nobody has bothered to put three bullets into one of their heads and said, we'll extend the deadline to whatever time we see fit. It's because Biden doesn't have what it takes. All of this, the absolutely horrific pullout, the leaving Americans behind, and no, Americans cannot get to the airport. Let's be perfectly clear. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Americans cannot get to the airport. 
There's not only the Taliban line around the airport, as they have control of Kabul, as is being reported. There are checkpoints along the way, and Americans are being turned around even if they have a passport. So it doesn't matter that Joe Biden said this on Friday. It doesn't matter. The military has secured the airport, as you mentioned, but will you sign off on sending U.S. troops into Kabul to evacuate Americans who haven't been able to get to the airport safely? We have no indication that they haven't been able to get in Kabul through the airport. We've made an agreement with the, with the Taliban thus far. They've allowed them to go through. It's in their interest. Not letting them go through, and it's not in their interest to let them go through. It's a complete and total lie that the president of the United States told us. And by the way, that line from John Kirby, uh, the, the defense, uh, the, the Pentagon press secretary, the question was asked by Jen Griffin over Fox News Channel. Given the, the number of people who are in hiding who were either SIV recipients, some Americans, uh, Afghan allies, why not reopen Bagram Air Base? Why not go get an agreement to from the Qataris to come and land in Kandahar and Mazar-e-Sharif elsewhere? We saw the Qataris bring the Mullah Baradar back with a, a C-17. Why not use the Pakistanis and the, Tal- and the Qataris to help bring people out from, because right now you're just bringing people out from Kabul and it's a, it's a choke point. Well, uh- First of all, the flow, the throughput has in, in improved and increased, um, and uh, and I'm not going to. Uh, I don't think it would be a useful uh, expenditure of our time to Monday morning quarterback the whole issue with Bob. What? Let's do that one more time, shall we? Uh, expenditure of our time to Monday morning quarterback the whole issue with Bagram. It was closed down as part of the retrograde. Fire him as well. So they won't go back and admit that closing down Bagram was a complete and total failure and a terrible idea. They won't actually admit that things are awful at at the airport in Kabul. They won't admit to anything. You now have ISIS issuing threats. You now have the, the airport itself surrounded by the Taliban line. And these people want to tell you that everything is good and fine. And here's Vice President Harris in Singapore, I believe it is, or is this Vietnam? Uh, No, Singapore. Bragging about how it's going. This is a successful drawdown? Can we just... Can we just stop? Can we can we put an end to it? We're, we're everyone take a breath. Holy crap! My God, we're I, I talk honestly and openly about how we gotta get rid of Joe Biden. He has done this. He has absolutely violated the oath of office. He should go. Can you imagine leaving things to her? By the way, when she landed in Afghanistan. And reporters start asking her a question. What does she do? What's your response to reports of Americans? Well, hold on, hold on. Slow down, everybody. <laughs> she laughs. Slow down, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how, if my uh, Kamala Harris impression is any good. 
I don't know if, 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 if that's... <laughs> Is that good, Ari? It's fine. Right? I mean, it's it's why we keep her on a, on a loop. Because it's it's hard to, to emulate something that horrific. <laughs> She's just too much of a child for such a serious moment. And let's not forget how serious of a moment it is. Now, I'm going to later get into Ron Klain, the chief of staff for President Biden, who is playing the part of Baghdad Bob disgustingly and despicably. Because what are they doing? They're bragging about the numbers of people they're getting out, and it's very possible they're also lying about it. What we need to keep in our heads is that they are bragging about the amount of Americans they're getting out when it shouldn't be something you brag about. It should have happened already, and we shouldn't even be having this conversation. That's the story. We'll get into what does it mean that the FDA has approved the Pfizer vaccine as well. It's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Remind me to tell you about Andrew Cuomo and his dog. I'll I'll get into that. Tony Katz. That's not a euphemism. (laughs) No, no, it's not. Do we have to say that now? Eh, just to be safe. Uh, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good uh, to be with you. Sweden has to repay $1.6 million in Bitcoin to a convicted drug dealer. By the way, Bitcoin flying back up. It was, it was back over 50000 today. And this thing was down to 28000 Right now, it's just under uh, 50000 I think it's a crazy story. They have to return $1.6 million worth of Bitcoin after the value of his illegal, illegally earned crypto soared while he sat in prison. Wait, if he got it illegally, how is he entitled to the money? Uh, two years ago, uh, this prosecutor argued in court that the drug pusher should be stripped of his proceeds. But because when they later sold it, it had a profit, that should actually go to him. Dude, that's amazing. Also, I need more Bitcoin. Don't worry, if I had any real bits of Bitcoin, I would disclose it. But sadly, I don't. So, send them. Please, I'm Tony Katz. Did Adam Kinzinger, congressman, Republican from Illinois, actually say that what's happening in Afghanistan is the Trump administration's fault and they set this up to fail? Can you double-check that, Producer Ari? Did Adam Kinzinger actually blame Trump? Because if so, it is 100% time for the Republican Party to kick him out of the party. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Did he say it? Yeah, it's true. It's time to go. I'll send you the link. Dude gotta go. We're we're not in the place where we're gonna uh, uh, agree to, to disagree or any of that kind of insanity. What the hell is wrong with you? 
It's not debate because what we're not having is a conversation about withdrawal. We're not saying whether or not we should have gotten out of Afghanistan. That's a different conversation. The conversation is how. And anything involving the withdrawal that you don't say isn't the fault of the commander-in-chief, you're out of your head. Adam Kinzinger is out of his mind and should be told directly. If I'm a member of Congress, I walk into his office and I'm like, what the F are you thinking? How dumb are you, Adam? Hold on, I want your staff to hear what kind of a moron you are. What they work for. By the way, guys, you're all good people. You can get jobs anywhere. You're a moron. The people of Illinois are morons for voting for you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to your district to campaign against you. I don't care who they vote for, just not you. God. You see, I'd have a great time in Congress, Ari. I'd have a fantastic time. Stop this. I, I would be like Marjorie Taylor Greene, except I wouldn't be insane, and I wouldn't blame the Jews for space lasers. I don't think she's having a great time. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she is or she isn't, man. I'm not 100% sure. I do know that taking on guys like Kinzinger would be job number one. That's so gross. But let's, let's take a step and get into the, to the news of the day and, of course, this conversation that the FDA has now approved the Pfizer vaccine. The FDA has now approved the Pfizer vaccine. And all right, now now you can go get it. I, 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 I don't know, maybe it will change some people's minds. Maybe some people were waiting for just this, and now they're like, okay, I'm good. Now I'm going to go get it. Perhaps, perhaps that will be. Perhaps some people will not be in favor of such a thing and they will still have levels of hesitancy. Okay, that's possible too. I don't get worked up about whether people get vaccinated or not. I do, however, have disgust for people who engage politically on vaccines. And it's not a vaccine, it's an inoculation. This brings us to the story of Phil Valentine. I, I I was speaking about this on, on the morning show, I do, and, and I wanted to make sure I connect with you on it. Phil Valentine was a radio host out of Nashville. Phil, Phil Valentine's had actually a very interesting career, was, was national, and then uh, decided to, to give that up and fo- uh, focused in, in, in Nashville on an afternoon drive uh, show there and also did a podcast with his son. Pod Goats was the name of the podcast. He passed away this past weekend from COVID. But the story will be told that he's a guy who was skeptical of the vaccine. Maybe he was. And then he got COVID and he's like, you know what? I should have been more talking about it. That's how the story goes. But what I have seen in the reporting, including in radio trades, right? The, the websites and the trade papers. Because he was a skeptic, that's why he got COVID. That's not science. And I'm actually writing articles, an an article right now to counter some of that hate out there. I never met Phil uh, a day in my life. I've never met Phil Valentine. But if you say that a guy got COVID because he was skeptical of a vaccine, you don't quite understand 
how COVID works. Because if that's the way it worked, why would we have breakthrough cases of people who already, wait for it, got the vaccine? Which is really an inoculation and not a vaccine. This goes to the idea of how much we politicize COVID. The ugliness therein. So it was not surprising, but rather perfectly understandable that New York Magazine would share a story, The Science of Masking Kids at School Remains Uncertain, a story by David Zweig, and it shows that the CDC may have put a study about masks having no clear benefit for school students in a drawer. They may have hid it. They may have hid this data. They go about taking a look at it, showing how it does not show that wearing a mask will stop a child from getting COVID. As a matter of fact, you go to what is known as a, a mannequin study. And it, look, it's, it's mannequins. They, they, they try and represent humans to the best of the ability. And it will show you that a cloth mask filtrates, right, the filtration efficiency is 10%. A blue disposable is 12%. Fitted KN95 is 46%. Well, that's an N95 mask. An R95, that's got to be uncomfortable, 60%. But if you have a KN95 mask, the good mask, right? The one that originally they told you, oh, don't wear that because they really wanted doctors wearing those and nurses wearing those, not you. If you have a three millimeter gap, it's It's 3%. 3%. What we have been discussing, everything that we have been sharing regarding masks and saying that we, the civilian population, don't wear masks. We, we, We don't wear them properly. The people who are not in hospital settings, we don't wear them properly. They have no effect. There's your proof. What's even more interesting about this this study, and you can find this study at aip.citation.org, and it's spelled S-C-I-T-A-T-I-O-N, citation.org. Experimental investigation of indoor aerosol dispersion and accumulation in the context of COVID-19, effects of mask and ventilation. Ventilation. They find that modest ventilation, two air changes per hour, as reported by Phil Kirpin, outperforms the best mask. So if we were to translate... You don't have to put kids in masks and torture them. Just open a damn window. See that, school boards? Just that easy. But you keep telling kids they have to wear masks because you don't believe in science. Because you're disgusting, awful people. Now, I want to say for the record, it's a little harsh from Tony. You have no idea how harsh I want to be. You have no concept of how much I want to yell and want to scream. I look at uh, Vinay Prasad, associate professor in the University of California, San Francisco's Department of Epidemiology and uh, Biostatistics. 
that a masking requirement of students failed to show independent benefit is a finding of consequence and great interest. It should have been included in the summary. By the way, it's not. It's not. I looked in the summary, uh, this, this, this report from the CDC, where they took a look at 90,000 elementary school students at 169 Georgia schools over the course of a month, November 16th to December 11th. Really the first of its kind study. But they didn't share the, the effects of masking. As the reporting goes from New York Magazine, they spoke with scientists and who believe that the decision not to include the null effects of a student masking requirement uh, in the summary amounted to file drawing these filings, meaning they put it in a file, put it in a drawer, put it away. They don't have the data. No school board in America has the data. Absolutely none. Some people are asking about that link uh, to the study. I'll, I'll put it on my Twitter feed. No school board in America, no doctor in America. I discussed the fact that in my beloved Indianapolis, the former Surgeon General resides. Jerome Adams. I've had him on the show before. A Surgeon General thought he was a nice dude. He has said locally that if we don't have students masked and vaccinated, we might have to shut down again. I have no medical training whatsoever. Dr. Jerome Adams, the former Surgeon General of the United States of America, is wrong. Come at me, bro. I have data. I have studies. I have the studies they're not showing. It's not because I somehow have some kind of secret knowledge and an ability to research better than anybody else. The research is freely out there. All I'm doing is reading it. And I love when people say, oh, you're not a doctor. You're not an epidemiologist. You don't have a say. I'm not a general either, but I know how to get the Americans out before I pull out the military. I've never been shot. I know the bullet hurts. Is there anything else, you pseudo-intellectual geniuses who want to remind me that I'm not a medical professional, would like to add? You're not medical professionals either. And I've got data on my side, and you have fear and hate of these kids and these parents who want to make decisions for themselves. This brings us back to Phil Valentine. We politicize a virus. And there I was in April of 2020, every day getting off the air, asking myself, what the hell am I doing here? Who would want this job? Every day, you're watching the country not fight a virus together, but figure out ways to utilize it against each other to gain political points, because after all, we're in an election. Oh, we can't have that Trump. Oh, that Trump. Oh, he's getting everybody killed. Everybody has said Trump is getting everybody killed, lied to their teeth. If you want to argue that Trump should not have played things down as a cheerleader, but rather given more of a straight scoop, I think that's a fine conversation. That's a conversation. We used a virus to destroy each other. And every day I was like, what are we watching? What are we doing? Who the bloody hell wants to be around this? And then it started happening again in the conversations of masks and vaccines. And they'll report on Phil Valentine. And they won't talk about any charitable work. They won't talk about his children. They won't talk about friendships or long relationships he's had in Nashville or what he had meant to his audience. No, they'll say skeptic. 
Ah, if he'd only gotten the vaccine, he'd be alive today. Oh, well. They will dance on a dead man's grave for their political purposes. And that's sick. And the question has turned to me. Are you vaccinated, Tony? Here's my answer. Ain't none of your damn business. Don't care. Don't care that, that, that people out there want the answer. I'm not here to give the answer. I'm here to keep that to myself. There are things I do share. I've shared about depression. I've shared about uh, the day, my days of being suicidal. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline, by the way, 1-800-273-8255. I have never, ever had an issue with having that conversation. People say, it's brave of you to do. No, it's not. I don't think it is. I think it's just part of, of my life and my story. But your vaccine status gets used against you politically. I'm not going to play into it. I'm not going to play into any of these psychopaths out there on both sides who want to get nuts. I will argue, though, it is indeed the political left who likes to dance on the graves of those people who didn't get vaccinated. They won't do it uh, on black people who aren't getting vaccinated in mass numbers because they're still bigots on the political left. They are what they are what they are. But I'm not going to play the game. I'm not going to do it. I'm not sharing my status. It's no one's damn business. And if you think it's my your business, allow me to tell you, there's a lot of other radio out there. But if you're like me, a normal, rational person, you're like, yeah, I don't need to know. You've made yourself pretty clear. You think the vaccine works and the data shows it. You don't think the government should utilize force to force people to get vaccinated or to wear a mask. Both things are true, by the way. I'm not here to tell you what to think. Hopefully, I'm here to give you something to think about. While I'm here, I hopefully give you something to think about. That is absolutely it. That is the principle by which I live on this show. That is my guide. Man died, and people said, good, now I, now I can make my point. If your life is about making the point when someone dies so you can dance on their grave, um, I'm Jewish, and I'm telling you, you need Jesus. Like, now. I'm Tony Katz. Ron Klain is the chief of staff for Joe Biden, and Ron Klain is just, well, exactly the kind of guy who would be chief of staff for Joe Biden. You've got Clarissa Ward from CNN discussing the fact that she was at the airport in Kabul for 12 hours, eight hours on the airfield, and no U.S. planes took off. And then you've got Ron Klain saying, no, 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 we evacuated 5,700 people in the last 24 hours. The best military operation in the world is in charge. Then you've got Paul Begala, a former Clintonista, referring to Biden as Truman-esque, meaning Harry Truman, and you've got Ron Klain retweeting. People, by the way, question Ron Klain's latest that over 37,000 people evacuated from Kabul in eight days. 
Now, how many of those are Americans? There's a question for you. How many of those people are Americans? Ron Klain is an ugly guy, a radical partisan just like the rest. And one has to wonder how much of this is his doing. I mean, if you understand that Joe Biden isn't in any way capable of handling anything, how much is the chief of staff taking on his hands, on his head, into his responsibility? You're arguing with Clarissa Ward, who has put her life on the line to report from Kabul? What are you, out of your head? You think Americans can be fooled by the idea of 37,000 people evacuated? How many Americans? How many Americans are going to get left behind? And most importantly, why are you bragging? The Americans should have already been out, Ron Klain. You failed, and now you're bragging about, look what we're doing. They should already be out. They should already be home. They should already be back in the U.S. So should those people who have been working with the United States. It's a weird, weird flex point, bro. Meanwhile, we've got some more of what's actually going on on the ground, how this is technically working. We've got that story next. I'm Tony Counts.